HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. All right, welcome back to HRN on tour. I'm Kat Johnson, and we're are, we are still broadcasting from Charleston Wine and Food. We haven't gone anywhere. It's still happening. We're still here. Um, we want to quickly thank our sponsor, the Julia Child Foundation, for sponsoring HRN on tour and helping us get to amazing events like this. Um, I am once again joined by Hannah Forden. Hey, Anna. Yeah, I'm just sitting here soaking up the sun. It's, it's a so really beautiful. great place to sit, and beautiful. and the, the, you can't beat the company. So we are now joined by Mickey Baxt. Um, Mickey does many, many things, wears many hats, but primarily people may know Mickey as um, the owner of the Charleston Grill. No, actually the general manager. The general manager of the Charleston Grill. I own nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Except my home and my cars, but anyway. Um, So welcome, Mickey. Thank you so much. We're thrilled to have you here. Um, We're going to... We were hoping to have you with us tomorrow when we're going to be doing a full day of programming supported by Ben's Friends, an organization that you co-founded with Steve Palmer. Right. But you actually have to go to Savannah where they're opening a new chapter of Ben's Friends. Number 16 in the country, actually. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I mean, and I, I talked to Steve Palmer two or three years ago for the first time about Ben's Friends, and it had kind of just started. Is it three years old now? It's three years this and, November, and actually, sixteen chapters, years. and sixteen chapters, with six more cities lined up, and a whole page of requests for new cities. That's, That's incredible. Yeah. And for for our listeners who might not know the sort of origin I'd love story, to tell would them you tell about us? It, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have been in the restaurant business forty seven years, and I'm sober thirty seven years. And throughout those years, I have seen countless young people in our industry destroy their lives or worse, lose their lives. You know, I always say everybody knows the name Danielle Ballou, everybody knows the name Thomas Keller, but there's countless names of brilliantly talented people that nobody knows because they didn't make it due to alcohol and drugs. Steve Palmer, the founder of the Indigo Road Group and my co-founder in Ben's Friends, and I would meet every week And we started talking about what was happening. And then in one weekend, three young F&B people took their lives or lost their lives from alcohol and drugs. And we kept saying, we have to do something about it. Two weeks later, a chef who was working for Steve named Ben Murray took his life. 
And Steve and I just looked at it, uh, each other and said, enough is enough. We need to do something. We never thought of creating a national organization. We thought here in Charleston, we would just help young people struggling with addiction. And it has just blossomed. The whole country and the F&B world is starting to realize that alcohol and drugs are dangerous. And the lifestyle that we led when I was younger of party all night long, let's go crazy, is not a way to have a healthy existence. And so Ben's Friends was started to help people in the F&B industry struggling with addiction. And I say with great pride, 16 cities as of tomorrow, groups having 30, 40 people attending every week, and people creating a community that is really very powerful. That's the story. And I think that what, specifically the, the restaurant and the hospitality industry is unique in that you do have people that struggle with addiction, yet you, in the case of alcohol, you know, you're working around it every single day Absolutely. in some cases. And so why, why does, can you talk about why Ben's Friends is like uniquely positioned to talk to the people that work in restaurants with an understanding that they have unique challenges that others may not? Well, the, the simple first answer to that is you're listening to people who have worked in restaurants who are sober. I have done some of the greatest wine work dinners in this country. I have worked with the greatest winemakers in this country. I have served more booze than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> And other organizations tell food and beverage people, you can't do this if you're going to work in restaurants. And Steve and I and all of the other leaders and all of the other members are proof that you can do. I love restaurants. I was told to get out of restaurants when I got sober. And I did for six months and I was miserable. Restaurants are my life. Restaurant people are my life. Why should I leave the industry that I love just because I've got this illness? I wouldn't leave with another illness. And yes, we're around it all the time, but we help support each other to learn how to be around it without needing it. So I want to hear a little bit more about your career and Charleston Grill. Um, You've been there how long? Uh, I think that on God said the seventh day let their rest, and the eighth day God said, Mickey, you need to work at the grill. <laughs> um, it's been 16 years now, and um, I hesitate in how I say it. The Charleston Grill, in my opinion, is a bastion of high-end fine dining, fine service, and hospitality. I stay there every day, all of this time, because I love the magic of having a team whose only desire is to make you, the guest, feel great. Without being critical, our industry is gradually losing hospitality. Tablecloths went away, napkins went away, paper menus became the thing. Servers weren't trained because restaurants can't afford it. 
And all of a sudden, instead of getting people who embrace you and are thrilled to see you, you're getting people who couldn't give a shit that you're there or not. Somebody's going to take your place. And I like to say that my goal now at the Charleston Grill is to keep a standard that is slowly disappearing. Because I feel very strongly, if we allow the journalists and the the, the bloggers today, and I I, I know I sound critical, but they're, I I called a, a food writer recently, and I said, you're responsible for destroying fine dining in America by promoting service that is less than we as human beings deserve. I want to be the benchmark, and I believe Charleston Grill is. We're a high-end fine dining restaurant. We still have 1,600 items on the wine list. We still do tasting menus. But most importantly, we still create experiences that you are going to walk away from and go, oh, my God, I felt treated magically. And that's what the Charleston Grill tries to do. I love that. And I think there's such a beautiful parallel when you talk about hospitality and like the, the true art form that is good, what like warm, welcoming hospitality in a restaurant. And, and it lines up really beautifully with what you're trying to do with Ben's friends. And I think, and Steve Palmer, your co-founder is, has spoken about this too, is that like so many people in the restaurant world, they devote their lives to taking care of other people. You know, feeding people is one of the most basic ways you can express love. You can take care of people. Um, but then there's this sort of dissonance that the people who are doing that aren't necessarily getting what they need. They're not taking care of themselves. They're giving a lot and not getting back. So like you mentorship from someone like you who like sees that balance is such a, a gift. Well, in, 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 you know, as Steve is fond of saying, I'm an old guy. <laughs> uh, I've done this shit a long time. The reality is in the early part of my career, all the way through to the last 10 years, restaurateurs looked at somebody abusing themselves and said, get out of here, get, go, you're not needed, right? Today we're realizing that our people deserve the same care that our guests are. And I'm seeing a gradual movement in the industry towards that. And that to me is a full circle completion of what true hospitality is, treating those you love like you do the total stranger. It's really important today. I just spoke at a conference in front of 300 chefs and it, who teach young, young chefs how to cook. And it boggled my mind when you think they never talk to their kids about the dangers that are inherent in our industry. You get out of work at one in the morning, you're wired up, what do you do? You miss birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, weddings. How do you deal with it? Nobody talks about it, but today because of shows like this and people willing to listen to people like me, people are starting to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, We- doing okay for you? You're doing so great, Mickey. Killing it. Um, We, obviously we've been here, we've been dining around the city and have had some excellent meals and know this is HRN's fifth year here, so we feel like- Have you been to the Charleston Grill? Not yet. Not yet. Are you coming tonight? I'm gonna come out a glass of champagne, like you said. Absolutely. Um, But 
Eli over over here, one of our cohorts. Um, the, he <laughs> mouthful of sandwich. Who's enjoying the food? And as he's we not speak. sharing it with me. <laughs> um, he he was saying, you know, like there is such a vibe throughout the city of like amazing hospitality, and everywhere you go, front of house, back of house, people just seem like really happy to be here and happy to be working in restaurants. Do you think that that's a unique thing about Charleston? I think Charleston itself brings this wonderful feeling. It is a fantastic city. I came here 16 years ago, no intent to staying forever, and now I can't imagine leaving. There is a great camaraderie. There is a great, I, I, I don't want to sound arrogant here. I can put together 50 chefs in one day to agree to do something in this city, and everybody comes together. That kind of unity creates a community that generates positive energy. So when you go from restaurant to restaurant, you see a lot of upbeat, really enthusiastic people. And I'm curious, so, you know, we talk a lot about ways in which, and, and all of our programming tomorrow is kind of going to be hinging on this general theme of like how do we make the food industry restaurants um, specifically like a sustainable career that someone can have a happy healthy life and and hit all of those sort of like landmarks that one would want to being able to buy a house having health insurance having paid time off like you're with Ben's friends you're addressing a very specific issue um, but I know that there are so many other challenges outside of sort of the, the challenging and sometimes like dangerous lifestyle. Um, but there's, you know, what do you see for the future of restaurants when it comes to like, how, how can we change things to make it more Well, I think it's starting to change. If you look in Austin, Texas, Philip Spears is doing a meditation club with his staff. If you look in Portland, Oregon, Gabriel Rucker has started a running club. Steve here is starting a yoga thing for his people. I think what's happening slowly but surely is restaurateurs are realizing that our employees were burning out and our employees weren't being treated well. So people are creating all kinds of new ways in which to give them health. Steve has a phenomenal program of underwriting a, a mortgage for a first time home buyer in his thing. Places now are giving great health insurance. Our company gives a therapist. I mean, you can go to a therapist eight times. And most importantly, I think what's happening is those that are leading, the good leaders. I, I mean, I know there's still people that say, buy my kitchen a beer or, or a shot of whiskey. I don't agree with it. That's what they want to do. But there's some great leaders out there around the country inspiring their employees to look at healthy alternatives to what they've been doing. And that's changing and making a change in our industry. What's next for Ben's friends? Um, your the world! <laughs> you're you're, you're going to be popping up in more cities all the time. Um, but I'm also curious, in addition to opening up more chapters and expanding geographically, are you looking to partner with other organizations that are like-minded to continue the conversation in other ways? Uh, there's no question, but I, Steve and I have different paths, okay? 
we end up at the same place. Steve's the guy who put together 24 restaurants in eight years. Me, I like the slow and steady. So we're building a foundation. I am open and Steve is open to talking. I was in Portland. I talked to a man who has an organization called Big Table that helped, which really quite fascinating. They help restaurant people who lose their homes. They help people with medical. So we're getting more and more requests. And as we build an organization, we'll be able to partner more with others. But I personally believe first we need to build the foundation on which Ben's Friends will become a long lasting uh, organization and will impact the restaurant industry in a very solid way. Oh, well, look, you're looking like no more questions. Well, I wanted to ask you what else you're excited about for Charleston Wine and Food Weekend. We always like to ask people this. What events um, are you participating in? What events are you going to that you're excited about? Jillian, please forgive me, sweetheart. <laughs> I haven't gone to a single event. <laughs> you're here are we now? your only event? I'm here oh, at the radio. We did a dinner at my place last night, and it was great. We did an all-vegetable dinner with high-end luxury champagnes, but that's the extent for me. I, I just got back from traveling to Portland and Seattle. I'm going to Savannah. I've got a wife at home who wants me, so I, I can't answer that. Uh, I love seeing the people in the tents. I love feeling the energy in the city, but me, I'll just say hello to everybody who crosses my path. Well, I love that you're embodying the balance that, you, yep. that needs to happen to make a sustainable life in restaurants and hospitality. And I love that you two are interested enough to talk about these subjects well, because it's so a important. change. Five years ago, 12 years, no, I'm sorry, 1996. I did a front page article in Nation's Restaurant News or, or Restaurant Business about my addiction and the industry and nobody cared. I didn't get a single phone call. Now, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Heritage Radio, uh, CNN, people all over the country are talking about this and I think this is gonna be a saving moment and a pivotal moment, pivotal moment for the industry. So thank you. Thank you. And um, can you tell our listeners where they can learn more about Ben's Friends and see if there are chapters in their thank area you. or any other resources thank that you have available? It's really easy, everybody. Ben'sFriendsHope.com is the website. It will lead you to us. You can send an inquiry on how to start a chapter. You can look at where the chapters are. You can see the people involved, read the press, and start understanding what we're doing. Thank you for asking that. I appreciate it. Of course. Ben'sFriendsHope.com. Well, thank you, Mickey. Thank you thank both you. for having me. A pleasure. And Truly. I want to remind everyone that tomorrow we are going to kick off our day at noon with Steve Palmer. Mick Steve who? Steve Palmer, you heard of him? Heard of him? Heard of him? Uh, who co-founded Ben's Friends with Mickey. And our day tomorrow is really going to focus on a lot of different aspects of what it means to have a healthy, sustainable life in the food industry. Because it is not just 
people who work in restaurants, but it's all of us that work in adjacent uh, industries as well. And we're all just trying to, you know, make this a place that we can continue yeah. to thrive and be fulfilled. Take care of ourselves, take care of each yeah. other, take care of the planet. There, it's such a big conversation. Yeah. So yeah, thanks. It is for a very big conversation. We're going to spend five hours on. It. Yeah, get ready. <laughs> and I expect to see the both of you at the grill at the bar, where I will pour a beautiful glass of champagne tonight. I can't wait. I'll be there. Good. Good. <laughs> okay. Thanks again, Mickey. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back with more Heritage Radio Network on tour from Charleston Wine and Food. I'm Kat Johnson. I'm Hannah, Hannah Forden. Forden. And thanks to the Julia Child Foundation for making this coverage possible. This program is powered by Simplecast.